love is a message by itself. Like, Lord, you can, you can have everything else, but I just want you, God. The, the Bible, if you want the scripture, the Bible puts it this way. What, 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 is, what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole wide world and lose his soul? But the saints used to sing it this way to the old school saints. They said, I'll take Jesus for mine. You can have this whole world, but I'll take Jesus for mine. Jesus, I just want you. Lord, we just want you. Lord, we just want you on this morning. Lord, we want you to fill this place with your presence. Lord, we want you to put your hands upon our lives right now, Lord. Lord, we want you to turn around our situations right now, Lord. Lord, somebody stands in the need of your help and your assistance, Lord. Lord, we're saying help, Lord, right now. Help, Lord, right now, Lord. Live and exist in the middle of our situation right now. Lord, make your presence known and felt, Lord. Whatever burden somebody came in with on their mind, Lord, you stand in the middle of that situation. Lord, let them know that they're not by themselves, but Lord, you're right there in the middle of it, Lord. Whatever they're troubled with, whatever they're struggling with, Lord, you're right in the middle of that problem. You're right in the middle of that situation. And Lord, have your way, Lord. Somebody say it with me, Lord, have your way. Have your way right now, Lord. Lord, you touch. Lord, you heal. You deliver. You set free right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're trusting you to do it. And Lord, right now, even in this moment, in this moment, Lord, in this destiny moment, Lord, allow our hearts and our minds and our spirits to be open and receptive to what you have to say to us in this hour. Lord, touch us and allow your word to push us towards your promises, Lord. Lord, to open and illuminate the path of destiny that you've designed for each and every one of us. And Lord, most of all, do not allow us to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. We thank God. Amen. For each of you who've come to share with us on this morning, we praise God for his presence, for him being and allowing us to be here just one more time. Amen. Glad They used to sing the song, glad to be in the service one more time. Amen. He didn't have to let me live, but I'm glad to be here just one more time. And I'm grateful to see each and every one of you who've come to share with us on this morning. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord this morning. I'm very excited about the word that we're sharing. We're going to Luke, the 10th chapter, and we will be looking at verses 38 through 42. Again, that's Luke chapter 10. And we'll be looking at verses 38 through 42. Want to acknowledge this is Palm Sunday. Jesus made his magnificent and glorious entry there. And while he was making his entry, they laid the palms down before him, accepting their king who was to come. Even though he was coming to suffer for the sins of the world, they made, he made his glorious entry on this day, and we celebrate, well, we celebrate it on this day, and we're thankful, and we're going to share a little bit of that as it fits into our text on this morning. And then on next Sunday will be our special Easter celebration, amen, so just be prepared, amen, we'll have a special message, and uh, we're going to have some others who are sharing and helping us to pass along the message on next Sunday. So come join us for those who are watching virtually. If you want to meet us in person, come join us on Easter Sunday. We know God will have something special in store for you. Luke chapter 10, verse 38, and it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus, 
entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Amen. We want to share for a few moments, we're going to talk about a victim mentality. We're going to talk about a victim mentality. We look here in this particular story with Mary and Martha, and I, and I always ask a question when, I, when we share the word because of this question is almost like as an instructor, as a teacher, they always talk about guiding questions, things that you kind of gather from the lesson, things that you gather from what we're sharing with on today. And when we talk about a victim mentality, I want to ask you this question, is your own mindset holding you back? Is your own mindset holding you back? And to give a little context to that, a lot of us, we blame a lot of things as to why we're not successful. But usually the last thing and the last person we blame is ourselves. We blame, it's the man, he got his, hand, he got his foot on our neck. And, you know, they, well, they, they just don't like me over there. Or, you know, they don't, they don't like our people, you know. Or, you know, they didn't, they didn't want to bother with me because of my education or what I, what, what I, the degrees I have or the degrees I don't have. We have a lot, of, a lot of things to which we assign blame. And usually the last person we blame is ourselves. But I want to just question, if you want to, I just want to implant that question in your mind as we cover this text on this morning. Is my own mindset holding me back? I want you to say that with me. Say, is my own mindset holding me back? And I want you to consider that as we consider this particular lesson and text relative to Jesus. He goes to a place that is friendly. He's at Mary's house and he's at, Mar at Mary and Martha's house. And this is a friendly place. This is a friendly visit. He's not there to perform a, a miracle. He's not there on a ministry assignment. He's there because they are his friends. And he's simply visiting his friends. While he's visiting his friends there, he is talking and have a, having a conversation with Mary. Mary has come to the feet of Jesus just to talk to him, to gather wisdom from him. And I want, you to, I want to put a marker right there because I want to talk to my young people for a second there. I want you to think about the people in your lives. And when I say young, young is a mindset, I guess. <laughs> I want you to think about the people in your lives for whom you just simply listen and gather wisdom. And if you don't have that person in your life, I'm challenging you to get one. Get a person for whom you gather wisdom and find yourself subject to. Somebody who can talk to you for real. Somebody, and, and some of you, you don't have real friends, and I say they're not real because they can't really talk to you. They can't check you on things. They can only say things that are nice, but if they say the wrong thing, then they won't be your friend anymore. I'm talking about people who can tell you that you're wrong. 
people who can give you another perspective and you actually listen to them. Because if you don't have people that you listen to, you're likely to get off track and stay off track if you don't have a person who you can report to, who you can listen to, who you can gather wisdom from. And I'll tell you, even as pastor, that's one of the first lessons I learned, and it was a hard lesson because my person died before I got here, and that was my father. I had, I had to lose him to get here. And when I lost him, that's the person that I would want to check in here with, the person I'd want to talk to. He's, and he's one of them, and I'm grateful that I have a, a father-in-law who treats me like a son. And I'm thankful also, and I'll say this, I don't give him much credit, often Bishop Maynard, someone I can talk to, who I can listen to, who I can gather wisdom from, who I can call if I'm in a situation, and I'm going to listen to what they say. And even if what they say is contrary to what I thought, I'm going to listen to them because I gather wisdom from their experience and from, their, from them being saved and people that I trust and people who love the Lord. But we all need people like that. And if you don't have someone like that, I challenge you to find somebody. Because I'll tell you, the fastest way to get off track is to not listen to anybody. And I can tell you the kids that I deal with, and I hate that I have to say this, but it's the truth. The kids that I deal with who I know are going to jail are the ones who don't listen to anybody. Because the first thing I tell them, I say, you better find somebody you listen to or, you're gonna, or somebody's going to run into you that doesn't care about you, and they're going to tell you what to do. If you don't find somebody to listen to you who cares about you, then people who don't care about you will then tell you what you're going to do. So you need to find somebody who you can listen to, somebody you can gather wisdom from, somebody who can help you and check you along the way so that you can be real, have real friends that just, that we say, keep it real. Friends that keep written. Some of you, you have friends, you know, you know, you, this, they told you, they told you you shouldn't date him. You dated him anyway. And then she was like, I told you, you shouldn't date him. And then, but you have a friend who kept it real. And you'd be like, yeah, you were right. But there, but someone who can check you, someone who can, who you can gather wisdom from, someone who cares about your interest. And that you can listen to. So Jesus is in a situation where he's come to his friend's house. Mary has, Jesus is her person. He is the person that she listens to, to gather wisdom from. So he's come at an opportune time and she's listening to the wisdom of Jesus. And while she's at her feet, Martha, he's at, she's at his feet. Martha is preparing the meal. She's, you know, she's cleaning the greens. You know, for those who know, you know, not, not a... Not a thankful, happy process. My wife loves green, so I've seen her do it, you know. But uh, it's not, not, a, not, a, not an easy process. you got to make sure you clean the greens. If you see somebody buy some greens and just throw them in the pot, you don't want to eat at their house. No, you, you need to. I'm helping somebody this morning. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to give you out cooking tips. But you don't, you don't just throw the greens in the pot, baby. You wash the greens. You need to clean the greens. You need to remove the, the stalks and, and, and cut them up a little bit so they're more edible once, they, once they've cooked. But, 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 but she was doing all of that. She was cleaning and making preparations, and she was setting the table, and she was making the Kool-Aid and all of that. She was doing all of this, making preparations because Jesus was her guest. 
And while she was making preparations for that, she noticed that she didn't have any assistance or help. Her sister Mary was not helping her, and she looked to find Mary. And there Mary was out there at the feet of Jesus just talking and chatting and listening to him. And she got to a point where she was a little jealous of her. She's like, now you're just sitting there listening to Jesus, and I'm doing all this work. I'm sweating in this hot kitchen making preparations for everybody, and you're not helping me. I'm doing all of this work, but yet you're the one sitting there at the feet of Jesus, and it seems like you're doing nothing. And when I begin to think about that in context, I begin to appreciate that a lot of us are like Martha. We're doing a lot of things. We're doing a lot of things. We're busy doing a lot of things. Somebody point at your name and say, what are you doing? (laughs) Well, what, 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 what are you doing? What are the things that you're doing that are keeping you busy, but that may truly not be productive? And and sometimes we're engaged in a lot of things that just do not make us better. I think we should focus and make sure that we prioritize our time and focus on things that help to make us better. Even productivity experts would agree with me. They'll tell you that you shouldn't focus your time just on working, but you should spend more time or designate a portion of that time just to make yourself better. For those of you who are in industry, they often have sessions in, 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 in education, they call it professional development. Uh, in, in law, they call it CLE, uh, continuing legal education. Those are sessions where you're not really just working, but it's a session that is intended to make you better. And as people, we need to do that. And as Christians, we need to do that. And I'm not talking about just coming to church. Because you all expect a lot on, for, for, for a Sunday service, you know. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, y'all expect a lot, you know. You expect to learn, read it. You're going to read, get all the scriptures that you need for the week on Sunday. Because that's the only time you're going to read your Bible. We need to say all the prayers that you need to be prayed for the week. Because you're not at home praying for yourself. You expect me to give you all the word that you need for the week. Supposed to make you better, put you along the path, inspire you, make you shout, jump up, running, da- running down the aisles, be- and have, a- have enough word for the week to share with your friends and to post on Facebook and do all that. You expect a lot out of a Sunday service. But I'm telling you, you have some responsibility on your own time to make yourself better. We, we-, we give you an hour or two on, on Sunday and you have the rest of the week, and you're not spending any of that time making yourself better as a Christian, there's only so much we can do for you. You're going to have to do something for yourself. Point at somebody and say, help me help you. (laughs) Help, Help me. Help me help you. That means you're going to have to participate in this process. Because I tell you, the easiest time it is to preach is when I'm preaching and then I, I, I say, a, I, I, I make a certain point and I say a certain word or I pull a certain scripture and the people are already with me. You know why? Because you already read that for yourself. <laughs> you came in here expecting something from God because you read the word for yourself. You're not waiting on somebody else to read the word for you, but you got, well, I'm talking about when you really get in trouble. 
When, I'm talking when you get in trouble. You, you can't, I can't wait to 10 o'clock on Sunday for pastor to give me a word. I need to grab this Bible for myself. And you say, Lord, give me something. I, I, I need a word from the Lord right now. And I cannot wait for service to convene. Lord, I need you right now. Lord, I need you right now. Anybody ever been in a situation, you weren't in church, and you just said, Lord, I need you right I, I, I want to help you because if, if you're not there, God will send you there just to remind you that uh, you're not doing it by yourself and you can't wait on Pastor Christman to give you a word. Sometimes you need a word for yourself in that moment and you need it right now. Lord, I, I need you right now. So, so sometimes circumstances and situations will put you in a situation where you need the word from the Lord, but you're putting yourself in a place where you are making yourself Better, better. Just point at your neighbor and say, "Get better this week." That's what we. That's what ought to be our goal. In, 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 in every week, I, I'm getting better. I know more about the word today than 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 I did yesterday, and I'm going to know more about the word and be deeper in it tomorrow than I was today because I'm taking each moment and each day as an opportunity to get better. So, of the two of them, who was getting? better. Was Martha getting better at chopping greens in the kitchen? Or was Mary getting better at the feet of Jesus? But, 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 but to break it down into, and it's easy to see that on the spiritual level, but then on the natural level, Martha is operating in the natural and Mary is operating in the spiritual. So spiritually, she's at a, she's at a session where she's making herself better. But all Martha sees is she ain't doing nothing. She, she's not... She's not helping me. I, 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 that's nice that she's at the feet of Jesus, but I need somebody. I, I'm washing the green. She can chop them. She, she, she can go get me. Come on now. She, she, can, she can set a plate, you know. She can wash a fork. She can do something. She, she, Mary's in the spiritual. Martha's sitting here in the natural, and all she sees is she's not doing anything. She doesn't appreciate that Mary has specifically positioned herself that she can get better. She's put her in a place that she can get better. So since Martha is in the natural and not seeing in the spiritual, all she sees herself as a victim in this situation. I'm the person who's not getting help. Nobody's helping me with what I'm doing. I'm doing something, but nobody is helping. And then, before, I'm trying to make this wide, let's bring it out. Sometimes we need to ask the question, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing the most important thing? Not saying what Martha was doing was not important, but was it the most important thing in that moment? For us understanding, it's easy for us to look back. We knew for one thing, Jesus wasn't always going to be there. So am I going to spend my time chopping greens or, or am I going to be sitting at the feet of Jesus who's only here for a short time? I might need to, to prioritize my time different because he won't always be here. I need to sit at his feet and listen so I can get better. 
But she found herself in, in, in a victim situation, and she had what I consider a victim mentality. And, and the problem with that is that as long as you consider yourself a victim, you have no desire to get better. A person who sees themselves as only a victim has no desire to get better because their whole concept is wrapped up in not as a person who's getting better, but as a person who is a victim of their circumstances. And, and you don't have to raise your hand, and please don't call any names, but all of you have some victims mentalities in your friend groups. They're, they're victims. And, and let me tell you what the victim acts like. The victim always has something to complain about. Always. They always have something to complain about. And you, you, you don't want to take a victim with you out to eat because they're going to complain about something. Uh, you don't want to take a, a victim out to, to the movies to go with you because they're always going to complain and, 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 they're, and they're never going to be able to make a decision because even when they make a decision, even if it's their own, they're then going to complain about it. And, and the worst thing about it is not only do they complain, get this, and this is the hard part, because they emotionally take over the situation because they then take it personal. The victim always thinks someone is out to get them. And they emotionally hold you hostage. And some of you all nodding your heads because you know who this person is in your life. They emotionally hold you hostage in every situation because they can't have fun unless they make it about them. Emotionally, it's about them. Come on now. You, you took them to the movies. You chose one. And they say, well, I, I usually don't even watch those. And now you're trying to enjoy yourself, and you can't because you're dealing with someone with a victim mentality. You go out to eat with them, and they're like, well, I, I, don't, I don't usually eat here. I had a bad experience one time. And... And then they tell you, I, I don't know if I'd order that. I didn't like it. Some, I was with somebody. They didn't like that when they, so I, I don't know what you should order. But they always have a complaint or a comment that seems to take over. I wish I, wish I were here with me. They, they, they see have a comment because they emotionally hold you hostage in every situation because it's important for you to understand that no matter what else is happening around them, they are the victims. They're the victim because nothing is ever good enough. Nothing, no, no, no restaurant's ever good enough. No, no, no movie's ever good enough. No, no, you go, you go shopping. I wouldn't buy that. I don't, I don't know. Because either it's too expensive or they don't like how it looks or where are you going to wear it? Don't take them shopping with you because you, you'll never buy anything. And, and, and then at the end of when them criticizing everything you choose, they're then going to turn the story back to them because they're emotionally holding you hostage because they have a victim mentality. And, and, and the thing I'm telling you about this is because I want, well, this is what two things I want to happen. I want to help the person who has this mentality to break out of that mindset, one. And number two, I want you as a person to recognize those people who are around you that might be holding you back. They're holding themselves back, but at the same time, they got their hands on your coattail. 
and they're holding you back as well with their mentality. And I tell you, faith comes by, but also does doubt. So if they're pouring doubt in your life and you continuously hang around them, you're going to start acting and talking like they talk. That restaurant that they complained about, you're going to find yourself driving by it because they had a complaint. And you've adopted their mentality. I'll tell you, victim mentality is contagious. Other people can catch it. You hang around them long enough, you, you can catch that. And that's what Martha was feeling. My, I'm, I can see Martha in there mad, mad chopping greens. There by myself, she out there at the feet of Jesus. I ain't helping nobody. Man, frustrated. But, but, and, and then she will convey that same mentality and frustration into the earshot of anybody else who will listen. And then she, she mostly takes them hostage because then they begin to buy in to her story because she frames herself as a victim. And then she pulls other people in. And let me tell you this, people with victim mentalities have, vict- have other victims. They'll make you a victim of their mentality. <laughs> they, the only thing a, vict- a person with a victim mentality can do is train other people to be victims. They can't make you better because they're not better and they don't want to get better. Oh, come on. It, it reminds me, I think it's the, the medical diagnosis of Munchausen's. That's the person who in their head, they're sick. They're not physically sick, but in their head, they're always sick. They, they can get, they'll take all kinds of medications and all kinds of treatments because they like the thought in their mind. Their minds are warped. They like being sick. They like being sick. And, and the person with the victim mentality, they like being a victim, so every, they turn every situation into a thing that makes them the victim. Come on, you, you, did, you, did you see how she looked at me? She, 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 she smiled at you, but she, she looked at me like, like, like I was crazy. And you thinking, she gave us both the same look. What? what, what? But, 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 it, but, 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 but it's the mentality of, of a victim that they're, that they're encapsulated, they're, they're trapped in this mentality, so they always see things differently. You can look at the same thing, but they don't see what you see. And I've told you, babe, you got to watch out hanging around with people who, are, who stand where you stand, but don't see what you see. <laughs> I, I wish I had you. I, I, I need people who have enough faith that when they stand where I stand, they can see what I see. Come on and help me, Elisha. Elisha said, you see in an army that is surrounded, but he said, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. The, and then he's recognized that the army of the Lord was surrounding the Syrian army that was coming after them. They were standing in the same place, but they didn't see the same thing. And Lord, send me some friends, send me some people, send me some associates who are around me that when they stand where I stand, they can see, and I wish y'all were here with me, you can see what I see. Gave the example a few years ago, I told you it was Justin, he took our dog, he took our dog outside and we took him outside, took the dog outside for a while and then all of a sudden the dog just shot and ran off. Didn't know where the dog went. And then Justin ran, (laughs) You know, just an athlete. You know, he running and chasing after the dog. He comes in the house sweating. Got the dog. He's like, whew, Scruffy just ran off. <laughs> so I don't know why she ran off. But, I, but, then, I, but, I, but then I'm telling you, what the, the thing about a dog is a dog can see things better than we see. And the dog's hearing is better than our hearing. 
So the dog can stand where you're standing, but he can see things you can't see. And he can hear things you can't So what I'm saying is I need some people who have enough faith in their life that when I stand with them and they stand by me, they hear what I hear and they can see what I... Come on, Elijah. I told you about Elisha. Let's go back to Elijah. Elijah say, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And the servant was right there probably thinking, well, hold on. I don't hear nothing. My ears are probably better than you because I'm younger than you are, but I I don't hear. I'm standing in the same place, but I'm not hearing what you're hearing. Baby, I need some people around me who when I stand where I stand, they can hear what I hear. And the Christmas song said, do you hear what I hear? (laughs) Because faith comes by. And I know what God told me. So when I can stand and look, he told Jehoshaphat, God told Jehoshaphat, he said, the battle is not yours, but it is the Lord. But he said, I want you to stand right here on the hill. And the reason I want you to stand here is because if you stand in a certain place, then you can see what I'm doing. And the reason some of us don't see victory in our lives is because God has spoken to us and God is making victory happen in our lives. But we're not standing where he told us to stand so we can't see what God sees. But when you're in position, somebody say get in position. When you get in the right position, then you can see what God is trying to show you. And I'm letting you know right now that God is already working it out in your favor. God is already working it out for your good. Baby, you don't have to be a victim. You don't have to be a victim. You don't have to live with the victim's mentality. No, everything is not working against you, but all things. We know that all things, somebody say all things, work together for your good. We know this because we have a God mentality. Uh, We have a faith mentality. We don't have a victim mentality. Everything and everybody is not after you. Let me help somebody. I know some situations have lined up against you, but I want you to know that everything is not working against you. I know that you're in a storm right now, and what the devil wants to do, I want you to get this. The devil, he's not trying, he's not taking you out by the storm. He doesn't have the authority to take you out in the storm, but what he can take out is your mentality. I want you to get that. He can't take you out. But he can destroy your mentality. Talk to me, Job. He, God, God, and, God and the devil were having a conversation about Job. And, God, and the devil said to Job, he, God, he said, if you let me touch him, he will curse you. He's saying, I'm not going to take his life. I'm going to steal his mentality. If I cause enough bad things to happen in his life, then God, he'll curse you to your face. He won't serve you anymore. I'm not taking his life. I'm not taking him out, but I want to steal his mentality. I want to steal how he thinks. I want to steal how he praises and regards God. And that's what the devil is trying to do in your situation right now. He doesn't have the power or the authority to take you out. But if he can steal your mentality, if he can take your praise, if he can keep you from praying, if he can keep you out of God's word. And the reason the devil doesn't want you to read God's word, because if you read enough, you'll realize all the promises that God has laid out for you. My God shall 
shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. My, my, my God, he wishes above all things that I may prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. I recognize the promises in God's word. So that's why the devil doesn't want you to read the word. Because if you read the word, you might change how you think. And that's my job up here. That's not my job to give you all the scriptures. My job is to teach you how to think different. <laughs> I wish I had help here. I, I, I need you to think different. When, when you leave here, I, I don't want you to think the same way that you thought when you came in here. But I want you to recognize that whatever I'm facing right now, it's not too much. But the thing about it is God sent it for a purpose. I'm dealing with it for a purpose. This storm is not taking me out, but God has sent it in my direction for a purpose. Sometimes the storm comes, talk to me, Jonah, the storm comes to remind you that you're going in the wrong direction. All the storm was doing is just like our GPS says, in 200 feet, make a U-turn. That was the whole point of the storm that he, he sent to Jonah. He needed to teach him that he had to turn around. And sometimes the trial that you're dealing with right now is just a course correction. God is telling you, you're not quite on the right path, but if you learn the lesson of this storm, I'll put you on the path that I have intended for you. Don't let the storm take out your mentality. Point at your neighbor and say, don't let the storm take out your mentality. I need to think the way that God wants me to think. I need to believe how God wants me to believe. I need to have faith that in every situation, that's why the Bible says, giving thanks always for all things. I'm giving thanks always for all things because I know all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. So I can give God praise in the middle of this trial because this trial is working for my good. I can give God the praise even when it's dark outside and it doesn't look good. When my environment looks like it's closing in around me, I can give praise because these things are working in my favor. So Martha, Martha, after she has sat there for a while and stewed over her complaints, because that's what victims do. They sit there and make a mental list of all the things that you have done wrong to them and how everything is working against them. And then they confront you with their list. Well, you did this and you did that, or this thing happened to me, or that thing happened. Don't ask a person with a victim mentality. That there's a simple question you don't want to ask them. You know what that question is? How are you doing? Don't ask. Don't ask. You're going to get a list longer than you expected. It's going to be a longer conversation than you were prepared for. Well, baby, let me, let me go on and tell you. It's like they take a breath before they get started. To tell you all the things that have happened to them, all the things that are wrong, and all the people in their lives that have done them wrong. But the truth is, if I trust God in my situation, even my enemies are helping to prepare a place for me. Well, the Bible says that David said he'll make my enemies my footstool. That means there are places I wouldn't be able to get to if it weren't for my enemies. Let me, let me share that with somebody because you're trying to kick all your enemies out of your life. But some of the enemies are there for a purpose and there are places that you will not reach if not for your enemies. But when they come after you, David says, may the arms of my enemies be broken. When they try and touch me, they can't. I love David. He said, when my enemies came against me, they, they stumble. 
and fail. Though, though a host should encamp against me, this, my heart will not fear. Though the war shall rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing if I desire of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house. Not only in the house, I'm dwelling inside the will of God because the safest place in the whole wide world is inside the will of God. If I stay inside the will, the wind may blow, but I'm inside the will. Come on, the lightning may flash, but I'm inside the will of God. No matter what comes in my life, if I'm inside God's will, I'm not worried about the storm. I'm not worried about the trial. Because I came to tell somebody this morning, and my message for you is simply, God want to let you know, he said, I'll take care of you. Wherever you're at right now, I'm going to take care of you. Whatever the problem is, it seems like it's too big in your life. He said, I'm going to take care of it. The thing that has been laid before you, the ditch that seems too deep, the, the mountain that seems too high, God said, I'm going to take care of you. The news that you can't handle by yourself, God said, I will take care of you. Somebody help me preach this morning. Point at your neighbor and said, God said, I will take care of you. God, and I, and I trust God. I wish I had help here. I said, I trust God. I, I trust God at his word. When God said it's going to happen, I'm just believing, I'm accepting it by faith that whatever God said is going to happen. Come on and preach with me. Say, whatever God said is going to happen for me. Come on, point at yourself and say, it's going to happen for me. Whatever God said, it's going to happen for me. If God said I'm healed, I might not feel it in my body right now, but I'm claiming by faith. Hallelujah. I believe in that God is going to do what he said. If God said that I'm going to succeed, I'm going to trust God. Even when I don't see it, I'm trusting God at his word because his word never fails. His word, it never fails. I'm standing. Somebody stand with me. I'm standing. I'm standing on the promises of Jesus. And I believe he's going to do just what he said. Just what he said. He said you're healed. Then it's already done. He said you're going to get it. Then you're already happy. He said you're going to succeed. And I believe that God's going to do just what he said. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, everyone, stand and your feet. God said it. When, when Martha confronts Jesus and Mary, he said, she says to Jesus, aren't you going to tell her to help me? That's what she wanted Jesus. She wanted Jesus to instruct Mary to help her. But what Jesus said to her was simple. And this is a simple thing, and we don't, we, it's not life-shattering. But this is what Jesus said. What he said to her was simply, your priorities are wrong. That's all he said. He said, there are things that you could have chosen in this situation. And he said, Mary has chosen the good part. 
Mary's chosen the good part. Not that there is no value in what you were doing, but the priority here is what Mary was doing. And it comes simply down to scripture that I've been taught for years. It says, seek ye first. Oh, we, we like the last part, but we don't like the first part. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Make your chase for God your priority. I'm chasing after God. Yes, I have a carnal job, but I'm chasing after God. Yes, there are things that I have to do on earth to, to maintain life that are requirements, but I'm chasing after God. Even Jesus said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar, and unto God that which is God. But my priority is always chasing after him. So, being a Christian is not just something that I do on Sundays. Coming to church is not just something I do out of obligation. It's not something that I do. It's the bigger part of who I am. Because my priority is not the clothes, the, the houses, the cars, and chasing money. But it is my pursuit of God. That I might be more like him. That I might be closer to him. We all, you hear them say, and they misquote it a lot. They say that money is the root of all evil. No the love of money and what I say it's the pursuit of money when money is your goal that is what leads you down the path of evil attaining money along the way is not a problem but it cannot be your priority it cannot be your primary pursuit so God will give you money along the way, seek you first and all the things will be added. But I'm not chasing after money. I'm chasing after him. And when I say chasing, I really mean I'm trying to get closer to him. I'm trying to cause my life to line up more with God. Because the more my life lines up with God, the better he is to me. They told me every day with Jesus, every day with Jesus is sweeter, sweeter than the day before. That means each day is sweeter because I'm doing a little more work. I'm trying to line up my life to be more like him. I'm chasing after him. I want my life to be more like God because the truth of it is, I tell you all the time, you don't have to chase God because God was chasing you. He came after you. He told the prophet before you were formed in the belly. I already knew you. I already knew you. I had you in mind. And I say this and I want you to get it because if you ever feel lonely or depressed, I want each and every one of you to know that you're God's intentional creation. God took his time with you. He desired you. He, he wanted you to be here. Not only desired, I shouldn't say desire. He desires you. He wants you as much 
now as he wanted you then. And it's only our goal, what our, our challenge is, is Lord, help me to be more like you. Help me every day to be more like you. Help me to pursue you. Help me to pursue the, the version of me that you see that sometimes even I don't see. Because sometimes you look in the mirror and you can be disappointed with yourself because you're just looking at yourself on a flesh level. But, but God sees you beyond your flesh. God, he can look beside, beyond your faults and see your needs. He can see who you, he created you to be. And as long as I pursue God, pursue that image that he sees in me, then every day will be better and better than the day before. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise in his house. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, for this reminder. Lord, let us not live as victims. Living as victims, Lord, is an affront to you. It is, Lord, that, that, that living as victims causes us to, Lord, to impugn your reputation. Because, Lord, you said we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Help us to live each day pursuing to be conquerors and not victims. Pursue each day not to chase after money, but to chase after you to align our priorities to seek your kingdom first. And Lord, you said you'll take care of us and all these things shall be added to us. And Lord, we declare this by faith in your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah, for those of you who've been watching this virtually, we pray that God, you will live by faith and that you will continue to see yourself in the, through the eyes of faith and through the way God sees you each day until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.